Welcome to Tracklisting, the podcast where a musician, a comedian, and a painter review old soundtracks for some reason. This is Nick. This is Chris. And this is Caleb. And this week, I think we have a pick from Chris. That is correct, Caleb. <laughs> what do you got for us? What have I got? What do you got? Yeah, what do you what got, got, for, got, what do you got Sh- Show them your stuff. 500 Days of Summer. Hey, How about right. that, huh? We're in the middle of summer. Okay. Let's see where you're going with this. The JGL uh, Zoe Deschanel love story. <laughs> Mm-hmm. 2009 it was a very different time <laughs> it wasn't quite so different <laughs> uh, this is a long man. time ago no. it, it does seem different uh, a different time to watch this movie i guess i hadn't seen it in a long time yeah got a long soundtrack 16 tracks that's right. a little bit of a long one so we'll try to move through it at a little bit of a clip this is a movie that i remember being remarkable for its soundtrack it, yeah the soundtrack sticks out and a lot of people talked about it started a movement man yeah, yeah. Started a, a whole different type of person. <laughs> Watched it for the first time today with Chris. Oh, yeah. yeah, okay. yeah. Nick had never seen it, and I couldn't believe it. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll get into it. <laughs> yeah, let's uh, let's get into the first track. There are a lo- there's a lot of music to listen to today. All right, here's track one. This is Michael Dana and Rob Simonson with A Story of Boy Meets Girl. Tom meets Summer on January 8th. He knows almost immediately she's who he's been searching for. This is a story of boy meets girl. But you should know up front, this is not a love story. There you have it. There you have it. That's like from the beginning of the film. And that's also, there's a lot of score. I think that there's a separate release uh, with its all score. And um, I guess there's a lot of score in the movie. It doesn't. Yeah, there is. Mm-hmm. Kind of reminds me of a little bit um, Royal Tannenbaum-y, like Danny Elfman stuff, but uh, not something that, that I feel like I would want an entire album of. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I yeah. guess I feel that way about a lot of score. People feel differently. Yeah. I'm not too sad that there's only one score track on here. <laughs> I know Michael Dana did um, some composition for the Japanese release of Johnny Mnemonic, an episode oh, yeah. that we talked about recently. <laughs> And he also did the music for this show that I found called Ordinary Magic. That's from 1993 with a very young Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. <laughs> looks like dog shit. <laughs> it looks so bad. It's, I've never seen it. I'm sorry. Yeah, it looks terrible. We got to check it out. It's the the misadventures of a boy sent to live with his aunt in Canada, where he and a group of <laughs> unlikely heroes take a stand against the ski resort infringing upon their new home. And that sounds your, terrible. Your pick next week? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ordinary magic. I, I grew up on uh, Canadian television because I, I live so close to the border that that's the TV that I got. And there's a bunch of weird shows that I didn't realize until later were like very Canadian. Mm-hmm. And one of them was, I think a show called The Odyssey. I can't remember what it, it was. like a show where a kid is in a coma and he wakes up in a world where it's uh, no adults. Mm-hmm. And, but it quickly all the bullies are nazis essentially and i remember that ryan reynolds was a young nazi boy oh. in the imaginary Can- canadian tv show the odyssey that tracks yeah <laughs> i see it i see it <laughs> he still looks great he's been around forever we should say the uh the narrator in this is uh richard mcgonagall what is it mcgonagall um he's like whatever a, you want yeah <laughs> um he's a he's a big video game uh voiceover guy and I think this movie uses the narration. It, it kind of is peppered in to a decent effect. 
Mm-hmm. There was a movie called Little Children that came out a few years before oh, in yeah. 2006. That's a good movie. And I think they were inspired by that. And that, that narrator crushes it. Mm-hmm. And then, to your point, Royal Tenenbaums as well has you yeah. know, Alec Baldwin as a narrator. But Yeah, I think, I think the narration in this movie I find a little bit problematic in that it's a, it's a movie where the protagonist is probably a little more flawed than you expect. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of like it's self-aware in that you're like, oh, okay, so this isn't a movie. You know, you're you're supposed to be rooting for him, but he's also like kind of the butt of some of the jokes. Uh, but then the narration, I guess, seems to be from his point of view, kind of. Yeah. Because there's a lot of stuff where you're like, but th- also this narrator seems to be kind of fucked up too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's the what's the narrator's deal, man? <laughs> it's like a little bit of misogynist. Who is this narrator? It's like, also, I do think that women are the gentler. <laughs> species and the, the gentler sex I guess. summer just won't do what she's told you're like what hey, hey, <laughs> I mean, this this whole movie is just a big eye roll <laughs> I, the I soundtrack mean, though the soundtrack I mean, there's fans of the movie i don't i don't hate it i mean it's very watchable uh we got a lot of ground to cover though so maybe we should just jump into the next track yeah let's hear some of track two this is regina specter with us Regina Spector, that's a name I haven't uh, thought about in a while. Really? <laughs> so, are, you doing, are you doing like an Obi-Wan? That's uh, a name I haven't heard in a <laughs> yeah. long time. Um, I know she did the music for the uh, for the intro for Orange is the New Black. And, you know, she her music was all over um, advertising in like the mid-2000s. Yeah. she This this was her era, man. And then yeah. I think she kind of um, dissipated. Mm-hmm. But, um, but I always liked Regina. When I, when yeah. I brought her up, uh, Nick earlier was like... You, you you serious right now? <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm yeah, big fan. <laughs> I kind of just I missed I missed her. This was like an era where I think there was a lot of music in this tone that I just wasn't listening to. Mm-hmm. But it was a name that I knew, and I'd never realized that she was Russian or Russian American. Yeah, I born think in she, Moscow. Yeah, and uh, you know, if you had played this for me before we were set to do the soundtrack, I probably would have been. I would have guessed like five other people. In that it's it's a vocal style that's fallen off a little bit in recent yeah. years and maybe for the better but uh <laughs> can't start a fire like that sort of like weird yeah, and, it, little, and it breaks my ha 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 it's a little a little bit overwrought maybe but uh i was so i watched this film with stephanie she'd never seen it before and when this song this song's playing over the intro credits essentially that's correct uh right after that part we heard at the beginning and um she was pumped up. She was. She knew it, and she was kind of singing along. So yeah. I was like, "Oh, okay. okay, I'm fine with it." I'm a sucker for piano too, uh, and I think uh, she uses a lot of piano. <laughs> You're a sucker for piano. I love that. We yeah, should I love say piano. So this movie is the first feature film directed by Mark Webb, mm-hmm. and he was known before for directing a ton, a fucking shit ton of music videos. Uh, I looked at a list, and none of them stuck out to me as ones that I'd ever seen, even though it was all by bands that I'd known. 
and he had uh, previously directed several music videos for Regina Spector. So I think maybe okay. there's a little bit of a working relationship there. That makes sense. And she has, well, we'll get to, uh, she's on the soundtrack again. So yeah, we've got another Regina coming up. So hang on, hang on there. But I think Mark Webb did a fantastic job directing this movie. He I did think. a pretty good job. We should say. <laughs> I mean, it looks, it looks fine. Yeah, it looks great. Well, I, I there's some, there's we'll some like it, musical but. set pieces in it that are really good. I feel like the yeah. creative set pieces are all like the, the highlights of it um there's a little bit of a dark legacy to mark webb because he was hired um off of the back of this and maybe a couple other films he directed the amazing spider-man films mm-hmm. uh with Aunt, uh garfield andrew garfield andrew yeah. garfield and the first one was like oh okay and the second one was brutal brutally Oof. bad Oof. and uh those are some of the worst films i think in cinema history uh, those two? I thought they were the um, third one. I oh I, no, those are the Sam Raimi ones. This is after Sam Raimi. Oh, after yeah, Sam this Raimi. is uh, Andrew Garfield, not Tobey Maguire. Yeah. Oh, okay, I and thought that the, the first one was like watchable, and the second one was unwatchable. I haven't seen. I haven't seen them, so yeah, I can't. You gotta I can't watch win. the second one. But uh, I but, have seen Crazy Ex-Girlfriend though, which oh, okay. also Mark Webb directed, which is great. Sorry, uh, I just think I don't know if there's a little bit of stunt casting in that his name is Webb. I think that there was some uh, yeah, you know. Sony executive that was just so like tickled by the idea. Wait, what are we, what are we, Mark Webb. Mark Webb. I don't know. It's Webb. You guys get it? You guys get it? He should have maybe only directed the one and then handed it off to somebody else with some uh, fresh perspective. But the second one had uh, Jamie Foxx as like a, oh, a light, lightning man. No, no. He was uh, Electro. Oh, sorry. Anyways, moving on. Track three. <laughs> Track three. <laughs> The Smiths, there is a light that never goes out. Take me out tonight. Oh, take me anywhere and I'm tired, I'm tired, I'm tired. Driving in your car, I never, never want to go home because I have I love the Smiths. Love this song. One of my favorite Smith songs, probably. I love the Smiths. Morrissey's kind of a turd, though. Oh yeah, <laughs> but I mean, yeah, he's constantly punishing his if own fans. I was, yeah. If I had to thin out my record collection and take out all the records that were uh, performed by turds, <laughs> oh boy, it'd be a <laughs> be a real problem. Uh, anyways, the one thing I wanted to talk to you about. So this is a a part in the film where. Uh, <laughs> Joseph Gordon-Levitt is in a he's in a um, an elevator. He's listening to the Smiths on his headphones, mm-hmm. and Zoe Deschanel overhears the music and says that she's a big Smiths fan. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was a significant moment. And I don't know, <laughs> not just that she's a, a big Smiths fan, but she goes, "You have great taste in music because you're listening <laughs> to one Smith song." Well, it may, so this is, it begs the question: Was there ever a time when the Smiths were? actually an obscure band or is this is this just kind of like a uh, a writer's misconception of what the world is like in la oh dude no the time was then okay the it time was, was then. it was just the tiny dip between the-, the 80s and like <laughs> streaming music yes yeah because yeah because that's the thing is like with the availability the instant availability of the entire music catalog i feel like the the bar for something being like an obscure song. And we, we all live in Brooklyn here. So I think that maybe our view of what, what obscure music is, is out of whack, but it's like, (laughs) 
it kind of feels like it's like a slightly less ridiculous version of somebody who's like, you like the Beatles? <laughs> it's like, I love the Beatles. You have great taste in music. music. <laughs> I mean, but like, you know, I would connect with somebody that would like, you know, if somebody in my office was listening to like Van Halen, I'd be like, yeah, man, rock on, dude. <laughs> like, I don't know, but. I think this was literally, uh, it was kind of the last, um, the last period in American culture where like indie music from the eighties was like any sort of, you know, cause he wears like the joy division shirt oh, yeah. now. That's like the meme of like, it's kind of making fun of people wearing the band t-shirt. It's, and, yeah. you know, it's a shirt that I have several copies of, but I mean, yeah, everyone, everyone had that shirt after this and the clay's several, several copies, of. <laughs> several copies, of, first edition copies of yeah. that shirt. <laughs> but it also on, on another hand, it kind of re- it reminds me of a little bit of a joke that I've heard recently of like, like, hey guys! Like, if you're a woman and you're interested in a guy, like, how do you how do you get the guy interested in you? It's like, um, be nice to him at all. Yeah, just once. Yeah, that's all it takes. <laughs> you have great taste in music. And it's yeah. kind of it's kind of true. Where it's like, if a cute girl just kind of like, hey, I really like that tie, you'd be like, do you want to? Do you want to you like get married? married? <laughs> I'll do anything for you. <laughs> like, um, I mean, it's a metaphor for the rest of this movie. Is that a woman is nice to a man. It was like, Hey, generic band. You're a cool guy. And then he's just like, I'm going to project all my feelings yeah, about yeah. every, uh, you know, love, uh, interest and, and put it on you until it ruins your life. <laughs> yeah. The thing, thing about, my own life, yeah. Thing about Morrissey that still makes me laugh is, um, his autobiography. Mm-hmm. Oh, he had it released on Penguin's Classics? Yeah, you know, he like wrote it and was like, I want this to be released on Penguin Classics, which is, you know, like reserved for like highly acclaimed deceased authors. Yeah, it's like, like the most self-indulgent thing. It's like, you don't understand what classics mean, right? <laughs> this is a new... Yeah, dude, like get over yourself, man. And then, you know, like he was on The Simpsons recently, you know, they made fun of it. Ben- Benedict Cumberbatch was, uh, you know, the voice and like Morrissey was like saying how ignorant the creators of The Simpsons are and he like threatened to sue them but then back down because he said he didn't have enough money so like the whole thing was so fucking stupid well, it's like it's it's parody do you understand like just can't take a joke like if he appeared on snl and someone was making fun of him would he try to say like no you moron like yeah. sorry people are gonna take <laughs> no. pop shots at you for saying ridiculous shit yeah. morrissey sucks there's still uh, there's some solo records that i really enjoy mm-hmm. and i've just had to come to terms with uh you know, pretending that he died in the mid eighties or whatever. <laughs> yeah. It's just the guy from joy division. You're like, Oh yeah. I think he died like real, yeah. real young. Right? I'm doing like a, I'm doing like a reverse Q thing where <laughs> instead of thinking that JFK jr. Is still alive, I, I have a conspiracy theory is that all the artists that I like died, died in their like early thirties before they were long enough to just ruin their legacy yeah. with them being general pieces of shit and were replaced by misogynistic <laughs> racist lizard people. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you guys want to jump into where we at track four yeah this is black lips with bad kids
never seen the Black Lips uh, live, but I hear that there's a lot of uh, provocative theatrics at their shows, kind of like a G.G. Allen-inspired antics. Whoa, what? Like people taking shits. <laughs> or, <laughs> to this music? Yeah, but, the, but after hearing the music, you know, it's like... Well, uh, tambourine, clap, yeah. clap along, sing along. It's not very punky. Well, this is, yeah, this is maybe one of their, uh, you know, popular hits. But this yeah. is a band that I enjoyed. They were definitely part of, like, the kind of post-strokes, um, white stripes, like, garage rock explosion. And they were, like, a little bit on the you know, the shabbier side of that. So it kind of makes sense. You know, they were the bad boys of the late 2000s, like rock explosion. And I thought they're, you know, they're pretty good. I like them. Yeah. Um, I think we've talked about them before on maybe the Nick and Nora's infinite playlist soundtrack Mm -hmm. or something around Mm -hmm. then. That sounds about right. Um, Um, A very similar film to this. (laughs) This is very twee, (laughs) a a twee time in our society. This is playing uh, during Millie, their coworkers um, engagement party. And it's like one of the first conversations that Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character has with Zoe Deschanel. Mm-hmm. Uh, right after, right after this, he learns that her nickname in college was Anal Girl. Mm-hmm. Spit takes his little juice, whatever it is. Yeah, his <laughs> adult juice. His adult juice. <laughs> yeah, it's. <laughs> I mean, I think a lot of the my problems with the script, even though maybe it's from his point of view, is that it kind of like. It, you know, like in this scene, it, it imagines that she would never, it never would have occurred to her how that would sound. But the connotation of, yeah, yeah. everyone calls me anal girl here. <laughs> and she doesn't even do like, a, oh, now that I say it out loud, she's just like, what? And it's like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. She's pretty emotionless in this whole thing. She does um, a good job. I mean, Zoe yeah. Deschanel, this, you know, I like her in general, but this is, it's hard now that she has such a kind of a friendly, the adorkable brand. Yeah that her playing like kind of a uh i don't know emotionally distant uh, like heartless yeah. human yeah it's like a little it's kind of like when uh in american pie when tara reed was playing like a really nice like straightforward you know, yeah, like, it feels wrong she's not doing a terrible <laughs> job but it just feels like <laughs> yeah i just know that that's not who she is so i can't quite uh but <laughs> do you think this is the the death of the manic pixie dream girl do you think this was the last movie? Um, I mean, it probably should have been. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I like that it's it's kind of a takedown of that. I, I still don't think that's something that's really gone away, but uh, I think this movie does a good job in a genuine attempt to try to dispel young men's notions of what uh, these fictional women will do to their lives. I'd agree. I'd agree. And I think it's flawed slightly. Like, you're like, ah, you're like 99% there. You're you're 98% there. (laughs) That being said, spoiler alert, he does meet a girl, dates her for a while, and and he changes his life and he becomes a better, happier person, just not with her. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) This movie's a drag, man. (laughs) Uh, Maybe we move into the next track. Let's hear track five. This is The Smiths once again with Please, 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 Let Me Get What I Want. Haven't had a dream in a long time See the life I've had can make a good man bad So for once in my life let me get what I want Lord knows it would be the first time Lord knows it would be the first time. 
Nice to hear the Smiths again. I know they were on Rough Trade Records back in the day, which, uh, you know, there's that Rough Trade store in Williamsburg that just closed. They've been complaining about the cost of rent there for a while. <laughs> and they announced their new location, which is at 30 Rock, yeah. which 30 I'm still Rock trying to figure Center. out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's actually it's actually uh, really cheap. <laughs> it's, <laughs> 30 and, Rock. Yeah. <laughs> it's such a drag. And it, I mean, you know, Brooklyn lost a great uh, record store and a uh, great yeah. music venue. You know, there used to be kind of running joke that uh, the neighborhood of Williamsburg kept like spreading further into Brooklyn, and realtors would constantly refer to areas as being like East North Williamsburg. North, Willi- North Williamsburg. <laughs> yeah. it's like, no, East Williamsburg like kept getting further. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, so, I think that Williamsburg is finally starting to reach out into Manhattan, yeah. <laughs> across the river underground. I guess this is uh, Midtown Williamsburg. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I absolutely lived in a place called East Williamsburg, and then, yeah. and then like I was talking to somebody who'd been around for a while. And he's like, "Yeah, that's complete horse crap. Like, this is not, this is you're, you're in Bushwick. You're, yeah, you're in Bushwick, you moron. <laughs> yeah. Well, I fell for it. Yeah, I mean, the only thing that stopped it is be, uh, Bushwick became a, a more marketable brand than Williamsburg. Yeah, mm-hmm. so now it, now now Bushwick is spreading yeah. west. <laughs> uh, anyway, so this movie. <laughs> Yeah, I moved to Ridgewood recently, and I heard someone refer to that as like, uh, you know, Bushwick East or something. Yeah, it's yeah. like, oh no, gobbling up, <laughs> it's happening <laughs> again. <laughs> anyway, uh, anyway, so uh, I, I wanted to talk about a couple things. One, we've we've heard this song before. I think it's featured in the Pretty in Pink soundtrack, mm-hmm. um, which you know I like to talk about if we've heard a song before on an earlier episode. You yeah. know, maybe go back and listen to the episode. Pretty fun one. Do it. But I also bring it up because it was a song that Ducky was listening to alone in his bedroom. This was like uh, oh, yeah, probably Ducky. Ducky thought that it was his theme song. This poor guy just couldn't get the girl that he wanted where he was like oh, actually man. like a creepy sex pest. Yeah, that right. scene was tragic though. Yeah, Ducky yeah. like in his... Like you see his home life and you're like, oh, it's mattress way on the ground. Yeah, he's like, like, no, like, no sheets. Like, oh, he's poor too. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, so uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, whose name I can never fully remember because he has like too many names. You got it. That was it. Yeah, that was great. Uh, he, his character, Tom, this is when he decides after a girl is nice to him once, he's like obsessed with her. <laughs> hey. A girl that he works with, which is super creepy. They're all they're all young. They're all young. But he starts just like blasting (laughs) Smiths from his cubicle, which is really sad. It's like is a funny scene, but it's so cringy. Yeah, it I think is is intentionally cringy. Yeah, but like. Dude, like, as, like, a middle schooler or something, you know, if I overheard a girl be like, oh, I love a guy in flip-flops, I'd be like, I will wear flip-flops every day for the rest of my life. <laughs> like, yeah, you just, like, it's, it's something a, a, a child would do. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> funny, but it's also made, I was like, I think that, you know, this character is a ducky. Like, he, you yeah, know, yeah, was yeah. probably obsessed with, you know, Pretty and Pink and watch it many, many times without realizing that ducky was the real villain and that Blaine was a good guy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's extremely real. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there are tons of guys like this, and there's tons of like. She says from day one, like, "Hey, I do not want to be in a relationship. I, I don't believe in love. I do not believe in love." And he's blowing past these red flags. You know what I mean? Like, Her favorite beetle is Ringo Starr. Yeah, red flag. <laughs> <laughs> Slam on the brakes, man. Yeah. And yeah, he's just like projecting all his feelings onto her. And uh, then you you realize like towards the end of the movie like yeah dude you were trying to force it so badly like just yeah. stop you know you should be happy with what you got out of that which is like a relationship and like a true friend that somebody you care about and then like 
No, nah, he just kept wanting more, more, more. He set himself up for ultimate disappointment. I don't know, man. I've I've been in both sides of that relationship. Yeah, as it's, have I. It's, as it's have very, I. you know, it's exaggerated, but it's very real. And you're like, oh yeah, the Ringo thing is antagonistic because that's fucking bullshit. And I think that that actually plays into her character yeah. and how later on she just kind of he runs into her, which can't be too far later, and she's engaged. Yeah, and it's kind of like. You were never a Ringo fan. <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> you yeah. just enjoyed telling everybody you're a Ringo fan until one day you woke up and you listened to a Wings record and suddenly you realized <laughs> you're a Paul guy. Yeah, Paul guy. <laughs> George, like us all. Yeah. Uh, Kelsey was saying she was like, um, she was kind of dogging on Zoe in this because she goes, she knew what she was doing. She was like dangling this in front of him. She did kind of lead him on, which I, I was like, okay, yeah, that's, there's truth to that too is that you know, it feels good to be like pined over or like pined after. Yeah, um, a lot of hard to get. She's very feline. Yeah, and then it was like, you know, there's that aspect of like, oh, I want you to want me, but I don't want you. You know what I mean? So yeah. I think she did lead him on and she could have just been like, no, please stop. This is nothing. But she, you know, was intimate. And yeah. Whatever. At the end of the day, I think he was a, a sad guy that worked at a fucking greeting cards factory. And she met somebody and uh, had a giant ring like yeah. a couple months later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that about sums it up. All right, maybe we move on to the next track. Let's hear track number six. This is Doves with There Goes the Fear. This is a pretty good song. This is Dubs was another kind of indie rock band that I didn't get really into, but I was aware of and listened to a little bit around this time. They had like a hiatus from like 2010 to 2018 and then started making music again and still making music today. Yeah. It's funny. This, this kind of reminds me of this era of like the mid nineties after the grunge explosion, when all those bands had so much money behind them that the production quality started to get so intense and you had these bands kind of like you know creed but there was better better (laughs) versions of creed but like these bands that sounded like grunge bands but they had these like huge like kind of orchestral productions and stuff and you're like this sounds too good for what i thought i was in for i thought i was like a like a grunge guy and now am i am i this kind of guy yeah and this was like when indie rock everything became these like super polished like anthemic indie rock songs that you know could could fit into like an apple ad yeah it's kind of like arcade fiery it's like a a giant we might might have some uh, some apple ad music coming up (laughs) we'll get some of that more later but uh i also so this is uh scoring a scene where they're um, Tom and Zoe. What's Zoe's? Oh, Summer, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> Summer. The, What's her name? Her character's name is Summer. Uh, they're in the Ikea. <laughs> yeah. And they're like having like this really charming like Ikea date. Yeah. Which uh, that is, is just such bullshit. Yeah. Complete bullshit. <laughs> well, Ikea is where people like get fucking divorced. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's I appreciate it because later <laughs> there's there's like the other Ikea trip, right? Well, it it teases you with the bad Ikea trip. Yeah. And then it goes into the, like, it, so why, why I said this is a well-directed movie is you get, like, 
opposite ends of every emotion. Yeah. Um, like in sometimes out of order. It's like blue Valentine, except for you don't want to kill yourself afterwards. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but it's fighting for his family. (laughs) He's fighting for his family. But we were were watching. I watched this with Steph and, uh, I didn't really think anything of it, but the next day, um, she was like, Hey, uh, I want to go to Ikea and I was like oh okay and it's like it wasn't until I was like prepping and I was like wait a minute this is fucking insidious buzz marketing this fucking movie everybody that watches this movie their girlfriend is going to want to go to Ikea the next day oh no I didn't even think about it from that perspective that it's you know it's like, hey here's a funny gag with Coca-Cola yeah. oh man I've been to Ikea with like uh, you know partners and like it's just never it yeah. never goes well. It's huge. You can't get out of there. You can't get out. Well. And the, like, the New York Ikea gives me panic attacks. We had a buddy. Should we say his name? <laughs> I don't know who it is, but don't don't say the name. Just tell the story. Uh, one of our New York buddies, uh, I think like at some point used to live close to an Ikea and uh, kind of just got in the habit of uh, going there for lunch every day and like made friends with the chef. Loves an <laughs> Ikea, man. Yeah. yeah. He loved Ikea. <laughs> Still does. Still yeah. does. <laughs> go there and work. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, man, like <laughs> apparently the, you know, coffee's really good and it's only a dollar. Yeah. <laughs> Swedish meatballs to your film. But yeah, yeah. man, it, couples fights start at Ikea. Mm-hmm. I'll tell yeah. you that much. <laughs> I, think you're like, I think I'm going to Ikea tomorrow. <laughs> we need, it brings out the worst in people too, man. <laughs> we don't need a talk and a flurg. Okay. We have no room for the flurg. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. We, we were saying it's like, oh, this, is where, this is where dad goes after he's been, uh, after he has to leave the home. And <laughs> yeah, then he's he's got to like, rebuild his entire. Hey you know. kids, I get to live in an apartment now. Wouldn't this be fun? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> You get to pick out what dad sleeps on. <laughs> if there is, if there is any artistic integrity, the breakup would have happened at the Ikea, at the Ikea yeah. instead of a diner. And they're holding a giant like blue bag. <laughs> they're like, well, what am I going to do with this? Why do I, you take it. I don't need it. <laughs> Next track looks pretty exciting. You guys want to hear it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is track seven. This is Hall Notes with You Make My Dreams. On a night. Notes. Have we uh, we talked about Hollow Notes on our Johnny Mnemonic episode because uh, John Oates had recently done a cover of Man Eater with so uh, really sa- Sax Squatch, <laughs> the, the sax- sad squatch. the sad gorilla saxophone guy, <laughs> Woodland Ape. Come on, you, yeah. you keep John Oates. Yeah. yeah, John Oates was like you know uh, best version of Man Eater ever. I'm, I'm so excited by this new uh, electronic music. Uh, thing that was definitely one of those. Um, that, that sorry, that last uh track, There Goes the Fear, kind of reminded me of the the Bo Burnham, like, here it is, that funny feeling, and uh, like, yeah. yeah, John Oates playing with the woodland <laughs> ape who plays saxophone. It's like one of those things you're like, What are we even alive? Like, what am I looking at? You know, what I mean? you know how many uh studio albums Hall Notes has out? Oh, oh so God. many, like 20 something, yeah. 
18. 18. This yeah, is, yeah, yeah. This is uh, maybe ninth. This is from their ninth, which was um, Voices, yeah. uh, which came out in 1980. Yeah, they, they started like uh, like radio, uh, portable radio is like 77 or something wild. And you're like, whoa, they were, yeah, I didn't like realize they were cranking at that early. Luncheonette is pretty, because yeah, they started as like Blue Eyed Soul. Mm-hmm. Like the early stuff, it's like kind of Their first album soul, is called Whole Oats. Easy Listening. <laughs> Uh, I, you know, I like hollow notes quite a bit, but they, you know, their discographies may be a little bloated. You know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of sag. I think it, you know, you think about the police put out like four records. They hated each other, but, uh, yeah, yeah. Hollow notes. They are the most successful duo Mm -hmm. in pop music history. Is that true? Yeah. Um, over overshadowing maybe some of the other duos we're going to hear from later today. But yeah, this is probably one of their cheesiest hits, but, um, also a good song and the highlight of the film. Yeah, great uh, dance sequence, you know. I mean, I don't know if this was an homage uh, to Spider-Man 3. We were talking about Spider-Man. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. We'll find out. Uh, I'm shaking my head. And Tobey Maguire uh, does a little jazz club number. Yeah. Um, no, this is a great, uh, very silly scene. I think something I, I like about this movie is like the the blending of reality and stuff yeah. like that. And, it's... Um, uh, yeah, so it's like a little bit of a Busby, Busby Berkeley, Busby like, Berkeley, um, <laughs> you know, post-coital uh, celebration. Joseph Gordon-Levitt, he's got a little bit too much song and dance man in yeah. him that, you know, it, it, sometimes some people it works like a Gosling whenever he started dancing, you're like, oh shit, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, Christopher Walken, you're like, oh fuck, you know, Mads Mikkelsen, you're like, sure. <laughs> but for some reason, Gordon-Levitt, you're just kind of like, ah, yeah, I know mm. what you mean. I like him, and like he's in some of my favorite movies. Yeah. Uh, but there's something about when he's proud of himself on screen for something. You know what it is, man. We were talking about it. He's Robin in the uh, the Dark Knight, and yeah. it's like he exudes Robin energy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he's never gonna be Batman, but yeah. he is Robin, and he's happy to be there. And everyone's like. Great. Yeah, no, no, you're good. He's a good sidekick. He's a great guy. Uh, he's a great crime fighter on his own, but he's Robin. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's pretty, I should say he's pretty good in this. Like, um, I don't know if the movie would be better with anybody else. I just think that uh, he, the character has like a lot of cringy moments. And I wonder if sometimes I was cringing when I wasn't, when the director wasn't expecting me to. <laughs> I thought the same thing. I thought the same thing. And I felt like um, we were saying... I, th- I thought both of them were more insufferable than I remembered. Zoe <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. was, uh, I was like uh, a few times, but, uh, but Joseph Gordon Levitt, it was unclear. was like, he just perfectly cast in this or like, was he crushing the role? Like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm feeling good about the soundtrack though. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you know, what's great about the soundtrack until now chronological order. Oh, oh yeah. your favorite. Yeah. I love it. Nice. It's, yeah. It's pretty chronological. It. Yeah. Yeah. I should say, uh, Chris, I do appreciate your pick and that this is, we're getting in a lot of like uh, mid to late 2000s bands that we hardly ever hear mm-hmm. on, on the podcast. And I not, no, I'm not making fun of it. It's like, it's, nice. it's kind of like Nick and Nora. Everyone, you're like, oh yeah, I fucking completely forgot like Doves and like those like five years when everybody was listening to, you know, Black Lips. Oh, I, and I, so it's kind I of got nice a little defensive there. Sorry. <laughs> I thought you were making fun of me for a second. <laughs> He's about to bounce. You guys want to jump into or anything else on Hollow Notes? Are they uh, still making music? Did they ever like make up? I think Daryl Hall still like is doing like um, some sort of late life crisis. Like mm-hmm. he's wearing sunglasses and like never takes them off. Yeah, and he's like always had like around like 
weird modely women you're like mm-hmm. dude what are you doing man come on and i'm sure john Oates is just like can we just make music like i don't know <laughs> john Oates has got his new you know saxophone uh you know, oh my god buddy yeah. i did have i had one last thing which is that this song is actually the theme song for the toronto maple leaves uh, oh yeah team, that's right which uh totally makes some makes kind of zero sense, sense. <laughs> boosting sales after this I, we were talking oh, about the same, right. the same dip yeah nielsen um, i think said around because this movie came out in 2009 uh, like that the digital sales, I think on like Apple music were like above 200,000 for just, uh, that song in particular. Yeah. So maybe the movie had something to do with bringing that song back into like the younger, uh, lexicon. I mean, it's an iconic scene and it's like cheesy. And like, if you've seen that movie, you're like, Oh, remember the, you make my dream. Oh yeah. That seems great. You know I mean? Like, so I understand if you're going to remember one thing about this movie, it might be that scene. Mm-hmm. I think that, Kind of uh, the time in music history, I think that was when people in our generation started to kind of accept like, you know, quote unquote cheesy pop as being actually good, kind of part of like the Yacht Rock revival and all these things where people are kind of ironically like, oh yeah, I was listening to Hall and Oates. I've been really into it. And then like a month later, you're like, no, it's like, I'm still listening to it and it's, I'm really into it. And it's like, no, I'm really into it. <laughs> when, did, when did Yacht Rock actually work its way into the vocabulary? It was an early internet thing. Yeah, where yeah. It was these guys made those, those shorts, the Yacht Rock shorts. And they, oh yeah. That, and, that comedy series. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they yeah. Like, it's great. All those LA the comedians yeah. and everything. Mm-hmm. And it, and I, it was also part of like kind of a revival in the career of that, of those, those albums. Yeah, it was like 2006, 2005, yeah, like maybe Michael McDonald episode. Yeah, they yeah, had yeah. this really good oh man it was so good dude the, the michael jack <laughs> the michael jackson one was really good too <laughs> he's like human nature singing that one mm-hmm. go go toto go go it's like toto <laughs> saves michael jackson <laughs> oh yeah it's wild it's great you guys want to hear track eight yeah let's do it this is the temper trap with sweet disposition time i hear that song i just think of um like the 2009 toyota corolla (laughs) (laughs) Um, i did a session with uh temper trap when i used to work at the cutting room for one of those uh kexp broadcasts yeah and gotta say super nice guys great which doesn't happen all the time yeah yeah they're super friendly super nice australian indie rock um Mm -hmm. this is you know like i said the the era of the indie rock anthem this is, I can say this because and I think era it, of Diet Coke yeah. ads. <laughs> it happened to me. I think that this is a song that plays in the head of every like 20 something that moves to the big city. Yeah. It's like you're on the plane and it's like, my life is exciting and important. Yeah. This is our time. <laughs> this is our night. Coca-Cola. Uh, Coca-Cola. <laughs> Find your tribe. The Hyundai accent. Yeah. <laughs> Sucks so hard. I mean, yeah, uh, you know, at a certain level, all all music and all art is uh, is involved in like um, emotional manipulation. But uh, sometimes, you know, uh, the manipulation is underneath something, and sometimes it's on top of something. And this is uh, 
you know, very nakedly um, emotionally manipulative. That you know, but it's fine. It's, it's a good song. Yeah, yeah. It plays twice in the movie. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. It plays it twice. Play twice. Like, yeah. You know, yeah. interesting move. I remember, um, like, there was a certain era of uh, when I would work on music for ads where it was either like the Tim track would either be this song in particular. I know what the other one is. Or um, I forgot what the song is called, but it's the. Uh, bam, 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 bam. Isn't that the oh, uh, M83. Yeah, oh, M83. Fireflies. I was going to say um, uh, the, it was Black Keys. Uh, it was a particular uh, Black Keys song for a while that was just... It's just like, you know, lobster fest. It's just insanity. Super, super successful song, though. Yeah, the song plays... Good song. I like this song. It reminds me of the U2 as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm sure that U2 song. Oh, yeah, good call. Uh, this is playing when um, Tom is showing Summer the buildings he loves in L.A. And shortly after, he does this adorable little doodle on her arm, which was, you know, it's like, man. See, things didn't happen like that before 2009. And now it's just like, God. <laughs> you know, draw on somebody's arm in the like, park. Just get out of here. Yeah. If I saw that now, I'd be like, get a room. <laughs> Like, uh, yeah, so in rewatching this, it, it took me a while to try to pick up, like, what the setting of the film was, like, what city we're in. Yeah, downtown and L.A., right? Part of, part of it is that the apartments, this is, like, friend-style, like, giant apartments, because they both mm-hmm. live alone in, like, nice places. Yeah, it screams, like, Chicago to me. Like, the, the places they are are all huge. The a big, lot of, like, pa- the biggest wood problem. At one point, somebody mentions how bad parking is somewhat, but you never see a car. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why it's, like, kind of, like, halfway through, you're like, this has got to be in New York, right? Because well, I've not seen one person in a car. Maybe that's hinting at the, uh, maybe, theory that the entire film is taking place inside of Joseph Gordon-Levitt's head. Well, not, the theory is not uh, the entire film. There's one. Is it just there, the last there's scene? There's one scene, yeah. The, where we'll, they're talking in the park. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, we'll get there. We'll get oh, there. Okay, okay. We'll get there. Yeah, maybe that has something to do with that. I was but. kind of... <laughs> it reminds me of like a setting for a sitcom that the movie's happening like outside of because like yeah. the workplace is not what workplaces look like. Yeah. It's like in a huge like renovated like train station, something like huge like ceilings. Even like for- the weather is wrong. I feel like, <laughs> like it's like, no, we need like, uh, like bad boys, like, like the setting weird sun. You know what I mean? Like yeah, it's yeah. not bright enough. Like yeah, it's, nobody wears shorts through the entire movie. Yeah. Dude, bad boys, man. That movie was hot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like people should be like sweating and like, they're also like, they're like this beautiful city we live in. You're like, still talking about LA, (laughs) but it's like one tiny corner of downtown LA is where they're filming all of it for the Mm -hmm. most part. And like, yeah, that's a beautiful part of the city, but like, and it is kind of, uh, I've been to that part of LA and it's kind of empty of people a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, but not that empty. (laughs) Yeah, man. I want, yeah, this would be a very different movie if it was like the Randy Newman, I love LA, LA. Like rollerblades and, you know, like whatever the the beach, Venice Beach, yeah, Beverly I'm like, Hills. The real hero of this film is Clark Gregg as the owner of the greeting, the indie greeting card company. He's great, man. Who plays it so employs straight. like dozens of people yeah. in LA, which cannot be cheap. Like, I don't know what he's paying people, but... 
Levitt has like a huge like apartment all to yeah, himself. Yeah, very, very <laughs> handsome greeting card salary. And he's yeah, he's just like a bored copywriter. It seems like he writes like a hand. He, Clark Gregg doesn't want to fire anybody. <laughs> He's like, no, you can stay as long as you want. Yeah, everything's fine, man. <laughs> and dude, JGL has his little rage quit temper tantrum. And we were like, we were laughing that like, he's like, we're not, this is a lie, man. Like Clark Gregg should have stood up and be like, yeah, we know, dude. It's greeting cards. Like, you think we bought into like big greeting card? Like, yeah, we know this is shit. It's a service we're providing for people. Your grandma wants a greeting card and you buy it and we're the ones that make like we all know it's bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> it's like good for you, man. <laughs> just a burnt out architect. <laughs> it's just struggling architect. Yeah, man. It's that thing like when a writer is like clearly I'm writing myself, but I can't make them a writer because too many people have been struggling writers in movies it's like ah dart uh, architect i don't know that's good <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. like cause, uh, greeting card writer that yeah, translates to writer it is know? it's like sitcom mad libs right where yeah, it's yeah. like a architect who works at a greeting card <laughs> factory <laughs> and falls in love with a girl named summer <laughs> his favorite band is this myths should we uh, hear track nine yes nikki what do we got Carla Bruni. I'm going to have to think yeah, about this. Your best Sorry, French I, accent. Quoi. I can't do it. I can't. No, Chris, you got to do it. Yeah. Carla Bruni with Quelqu'un m'a dit. On dit que le destin se moque bien de nous, qu'il ne nous donne rien et qu'il nous promet tout. Paraît que le bonheur est à portée de main. Alors on tend la main et on se retrouve fou. Pourtant, quelqu'un m'a dit que. Tu m'aimes encore, c'est quelqu'un qui m'a dit que tu m'aimes encore, serait-ce possible alors? Carla Bruni. Yeah, this first is, time on track listing, I believe. This is an artist I was not expecting to pop up. Uh, I think it's, is it Brunei? I can't remember how to pronounce her name. Oh, yeah. Um, Maybe saying that wrong. She is um, remarkable to me in that she is married to disgraced French president uh, Nicolas Sarkozy. <laughs> yeah. Sarkozy. Yeah. Sarkozy. <laughs> Sarkozy, yeah, who's uh, um, has been convicted, convicted and indicted of uh, corruption and is mm-hmm. like awaiting appeal. Um, and <laughs> like every French president, I think that. Uh, he, she was his maybe fourth <laughs> wife yeah. or something. Yeah, and I think that maybe they got married while he was president. This is a, yeah, I think that's correct. <sighs> so fucking bananas. Yeah. <laughs> dude was a criminal, man. <laughs> just straight up. Yeah, yeah. Just like, well, in a long, a long line of criminal, because he was replaced, I think by like the media mogul one who yeah. was like even more corrupt. Yeah. And then, uh, and it's funny that Sarkozy, he's like the, uh, the founder of like the Republican party in France or whatever, which was like kind of a coalition party, I think, where I think politically in America, he would probably be Biden. Like it's, uh, American politics are so fucking out of whack with the rest of the world. But, uh, yeah, in, in the context of, uh, it was essentially if, uh, you know, like Regina Spector married fucking Putin. (laughs) (laughs) Now there's a screenplay. <laughs> uh, yeah, Carla Bruni, you know, had a modeling career, music career, uh, and first lady career. First lady career. This is the first first lady we've had on a track list. Yeah, well done. Cheers, Cheers everybody. Yeah, yeah. Great, great job. Have a great night, Carla. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. 
Uh, triple threat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, and in French, this means someone told me. Uh, just so you guys know, uh, I took a few semesters. Like, do you start smoking cigarettes yeah. and listening to uh, <laughs> fucking, uh, I don't know, Stefan Grappelli or something? <laughs> uh, Francoise Hardy. Francoise Hardy. You ever listen to her? No. Ah, she's great. That's yeah. a very um, like coffee house, like 70s French music. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this is during the time when they're sort of discussing the label of the relationship when they're driving in the car. I, I was going to say, I do remember now that they are in a car. Yeah. In this one scene. Yeah, yeah. But it's the first, it's the first time you see them yeah, yeah. driving. Whereas like for some reason everyone my, drives in LA. In my head I was I was picturing like a vanilla sky thing happening for some reason <laughs> they're in that car and I was like <laughs> Joseph Gordon Joseph Gordon Levis like ah well when you come and you come inside someone you make your body makes your a promise. Body makes a promise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Listen to my band. This is me. <laughs> this really is this movie is uh, Cameron Diaz's characters movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. Cameron Diaz from were, her point of view. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I thought it was very, I mean, clearly. Julie Gianni, I think was a good <laughs> yeah, character. Julie, yeah, Julie Gianni. Gianni. Yeah. Julie Gianni. Yeah. I'm just an F buddy to you. Is that what I am? Yeah. Yeah. Like, all right, all right. Cool out, Tom. Just calm down. The movie should have just ended after that car crash. Yeah. And it right. would have been fun. It would have been a nice short. Vanilla Sky? Yeah, man. Vanilla Sky's a great movie. movie. I don't know. Oh, I could watch that today. It's a little garbagey on the second half. No, oh, I don't know. It's I don't just, know. I mean, unpopular opinion. Yeah. <laughs> you guys want to hear track 10? Yeah, what is it? Laura Bush? Uh, you, you never know, man. This, uh, this soundtrack. Yeah, this is track 10. This is Feist with Musha Boom. In the meantime, we got it hard. Second floor living without a yard. It may be years until the day. My dreams will match up with my pain I remember I really got into this album for a while. Like it was a few years before uh, the soundtrack. I think when this Feist record first came out. Is this the one with one, two, three, four as well? Yeah, yeah. And uh, <laughs> that was in the uh, iPod Nano. <laughs> did you guys own iPod Nanos? No, uh, my dad did. No. We hope my we hope my dad set one up. I was like a <laughs> nice. with iPods. I was always a big boy. Got that big boy. Yeah, yeah that original like the big white one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but I remember I was dating a girl and she was like having a hard time. And I was like, I, I have a song that I think would cheer you up. Oh, man. And I had like my iPod and I was like, here, just give it. And she was like, she looked down and it said feist album, let it die song. Musha boom. She's like, I don't want to listen to that. And I was like, no, 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 no. It's good. It's, it's, it's really, it's a nice song. She's like, no, no, let it die. <laughs> Oh, um, but I still love this song. You know, this song cheers me up. It's it's kind of I think Mushaboom is a small town in Nova Scotia, and it's kind of a song about an idyllic like rural lifestyle, which is something that is um, I think in a Canadian context is not nearly sinister as uh, rural America. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, I mean, Tiel's point about. <laughs> Like uh, Feist using this in an Apple uh, iPod Nano commercial. It's such a twee 
band to instantly monetize like what they're maybe i'm being over dramatic but just like oh man wouldn't have been a great thing if like you know a lot of these indie bands didn't immediately just go like oh yeah use it in every commercial you possibly can until everyone's heard it and it sucked to try and then we're just gonna disappear which is what happened to so many bands of that era but yeah, yeah chairlift had some music in a apple ad as well yeah but, so many bands i mean you know that I can't hate on it too much like these days because, you know, that is a decent way to make money. Yeah. It it can be tough to, you know, survive. And Apple, I mean, you're right. You're right. But like Apple's also, it got cooler. You know what I mean? Like corporations understood better. Like uh, they're they're learning and like selling out became cooler and like, well, it's a, you know, well-produced, awesome well, I, I think it was like yeah. it was the weird period where commercial radio and like MTV. Well, first of all, commercial radio had like its heyday kind of disappear in the into the nineties. People stopped giving a shit what was on the radio as much. Yeah, and then it became uh, MTV, and then MTV started just playing like real world and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so then there was like, where do these bands break that don't have like a big like marketing push behind them? Yeah. And then commercials became the thing. Yeah. And now it's been subsumed by like social media where something goes viral on TikTok or whatever. And that, that can like make a break mm-hmm. a band. Yeah. And so, and now I think people just don't watch nearly as much terrestrial TV. And so, you know, the golden age of the Apple ad, sadly yeah. gone. <sighs> <laughs> well, but this was we're gonna the height get him again. It. We're gonna get them again. <laughs> you Once, think so? Oh yeah, YouTube's making it like, well, maybe we do thirty second ads. Oh, yeah. Ah, maybe we do a twenty minute of ads before you watch it. I've started, it, or I've thought about paying for the uh, ad free YouTube, but I haven't haven't pulled the trigger on. No, don't do it. Don't do it. You like the ads? You like seeing ads? <laughs> I don't like the ads, but I think I, think I think you, you think can just gonna... you can just get a bunch of ad blocking software. I think that's the thing to do. You can do that. Okay. I think there's going to be a great YouTube migration, and everyone's going to go to Vimeo or something that just isn't like. It seems like it'd it, be easy for that to happen, right? They're making it impossible to watch what you want to watch mm-hmm. and now it's like oh we'll just squeeze in an ad right at the end when you want to watch the last 10 seconds of and you're like what <laughs> like it's, they're making yeah. it very very difficult and i think somebody's gonna pick up the slack but mm-hmm. once it's just like unwatchable but yeah guys you want to take a break oh yeah it's i think break uh, caleb maybe has a game i put together a game for you guys it's been a while yeah. i put together a game uh, uh i put together a game of Supergroup. Super is I'm excited. something we haven't played for a little bit I'm very excited and then at the end of the episode we are going to add to the spotify track listing playlist our favorite one of our favorite summer songs yeah. summer songs so stick with us Welcome back to 500 Days of Summer. Before we get back to the soundtrack, we've got a game prepared by our very own Caleb Brown. Thank you, Nikki. I prepared three rounds of our supergroup game, the game that was not ripped off from the British quiz show <laughs> Only Connect. Legally, we have um, to say. <laughs> however, if it were ripped off from Only Connect, this would be in the style of round one, which is, uh, this is these are not sequences. These are uh, groups of four songs that all have something in common. Oh, okay. Okay. And yeah. you guys have to work together, try to guess what they have in common. Um, you know, the as the songs go on, they should give away more and more. Uh, with the fourth uh, being hopefully a giveaway on some of these, I think that playing together, 
plan yeah, together. Plan together. Yeah. I think that these these should get harder as they go the rounds, um, but hopefully you guys won't have too much. Maybe I, I anticipate maybe some pushback on some of these, but uh, hopefully not. Uh, let's jump into round one. Here's clue one. So good. Anything on that one, Nicholas? So good. So good? Something so good. Sounded like a little, like, summer madnessy. I don't know. All right, let's jump into Clue 2. Let's see if you guys know this one. All right. Do you know that one? That's familiar. Is that like, uh, is that something new? Is that Olivia, like Doja Cat or something? Olivia Rodrigo or something? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, you guys are pretending like you know modern music, <laughs> aren't you? Yeah, we're doing good, man. Uh, no, all right, I, all, right. I, I, uh, all right, let's jump into track three. <laughs> this is going great. Once I wanted to be Anything happening? Rocks. I know that voice. That's a very familiar voice. But I'll give you a hint. That is not Regina Spector. Not Regina. It's kind of, it could be Lana Del Rey. Yeah. 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 Mm. Sounded Lana. I think you guys might need the fourth and final clue. Let's hear it for Find this warm-up round. This connection. <laughs> it's great. Seven rounds, right? I got nothing, man. What is that song called? I don't know. You don't know? No. I don't know either. Yeah. Uh, is that... God damn it. I, I, I heard that song of a course. million times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <sighs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe we David, just want to like quickly cycle through the clues one more time. A wild one. So good. Mm-hmm. Um, I would recommend maybe listening to track three. Yeah, let's go back. See if we can decipher some lyrics here, Chris. The greatest, she's a wild one, she's the greatest, he's the greatest. Oh, baby, baby, I will say that um, one of you was right about the artist of track two. I said Doja Cat. I said Olivia Rodrigo. Is Doja Cat? Is Doja Cat? And track two might have been Doja Cat. Okay. Okay. If that okay. was if that was Doja Cat, something. Uh, three Dog Night. Uh, Again, these are this is uh, four songs that have something in common. It's not a sequence. Yeah, not a sequence. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not a group of four. Are they all animals? Are they all house pets? Um, who's the artist for number one? Let's hear that clip again. Good. 
think I'm going to call this one. Maybe I'm, you guys can uh, try to fill this in as call we it. go. Call it. This is oh, fla- no, flapping in the wind here. Track one is a pretty obscure song. It's a band that I like quite a bit uh, called Peter Cat Recording Company. I think I've played it for you guys. Uh, oh, okay. A, an Indian band. Oh, maybe maybe uh, one of those clues was it by Cat Stevens, perhaps. Uh, number two was Say So by Doja Cat, a giant song, one of the biggest songs of the last maybe five years. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, you know, depends who you talk to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Number four, any guesses on who? Number four, or number three? Number three? Cat Power. Yeah. It was Cat, Cat Power, Power with yeah. the greatest, uh, her biggest song. <laughs> so wait, what's the connection? <laughs> and then number four, Cat Stevens <laughs> Cat with Wild Stevens. World. I don't I see the connection. Could, I don't see it. I can't believe I didn't know Cat Stevens. That's embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, I guess I didn't know Cat Stevens. <laughs> yeah, we should have figured that Those one out. Those are all songs by Cat. Cats. All right, all right, all right. Meow, 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 meow. My favorite movie, Cats. Yeah, but we got to find the butthole, uh, <laughs> the butthole cut. cut. <laughs> if you don't know what we're talking about, <laughs> yeah, there Google was a it. cut of the movie Cats <laughs> in which all of them had like digitized butts, and then someone was like, "What are we doing with that? Take it out!" And they're like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah." Yeah, somebody saved the movie. <laughs> Such right. garbage. Now that you guys are warmed up, let's get to round two. Feeling good. Feeling feeling this good. isn't going to go well at all. But anyways, round two. Clue one. Because we came a long way since our days in the A. Sleepless nights was trying to get right. Now I just glide. Wind in my sails. I toast to the ocean. She balanced my scales. West coasting. Got to reason my left. Believe in me, black way. Life do you act. Stay focused. True indeed, it's a fact. When them hard times come, love will bring you right back. Okay. Nothing on that one. All right. I might have something for that, but yeah. let's keep going. Okay. Yeah, let's move on to clue two. It's got some marauder scent on it, sounds like. And some killersy yeah. guitar things yeah uh, clue three okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, let's jump into clue three all right all right that is nirvana nirvana yeah did we have our Kurt Cobain, Rivers Cuomo discussion off mic? Off mic. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, what, what's the conspiracy theory? <laughs> that uh, Kurt Cobain faked his own death and became Rivers Cuomo. He is Rivers Cuomo. That's yeah. the big... Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, of course. Of course. Of course. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's hear clue four. Clue four. I tried but could not bring the best of everything. Okay, I think that's uh Is that Heaven Seventeen? It was Thompson Twins. Oh, okay. You think we're dealing with a band name connection or a, the song name connection? I think maybe the band name, like if that was Thompson Twins. Nirvana. Well, like, okay, r- if if it's Nirvana and that was like Heaven Seventeen or something. Oh yeah. There we go. Uh, then maybe it's all like paradise. Paradise Eden. Eden. Is that right? I, you guys get a point. Okay. All right. These okay. are all synonyms. Um, the first is the hip hop group Zion I mm-hmm. with okay. Coastin. And the second track is The Rapture 
with Sister Savior. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought okay. you guys would know the rapture. Yeah, I should And then Nirvana right. with Lithium and the Heaven 17. Yeah. Let yeah. me go. I knew that was Heaven 17. Good job, Good guys. Job. Yeah, all right. All right. All right. We're on the board, baby. Let's right. bring the energy up. Yeah, Come on. Right. <laughs> that was all Darden. That was all Darden. All right, one last round. This one might be tricky. <laughs> Maybe they're all tricky. Let's do it. I'm so ready. So I want you to tell me what these four tracks have in common. Let's hear clue number one. It's mine. I spend it. I'm riding around. I'm getting it. I'm riding around my side of town. Boxing gloves. I beat the trial. I had the coke. I had a smile. And I had a coke for every style. I know that voice. Yeah, let's hold on that one. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Clue Come two. back to it. Could be like a Cliff Clavin like connection. It's like these are all people whose voices I know. <laughs> <laughs> all right, here's clue two. New edition? I don't know. It's a pretty stinky track, but I yeah. like it. <laughs> New edition has some stinkers. <laughs> yeah. uh, let's see number three. Yeah. Joy Division? That's what I would say. Joy. Joy. Joy Luck Club. <laughs> joy to the world. Well, that's not a... Joy to that, the fishes. But this is a connection, not a me. sequence. Joy to you and me. Um, let's hear number four and see if we can work backwards. Let's hear the but last we, clue. We got, we're doing okay, I think. Clue four. March, march to my own drum. March, march to my own drum. Hey, hey, I'm an army. Okay, that's some country. That's a recruiting song for the military. Um, yeah, modern country. Is that female? Faith? Faith Hill? Joy faith, and faith? faith uh, hope, faith, grace, joy, division. Can we hear uh, clue one? Yeah. Sometime? It's mine, I spend it. I'm riding around, I'm getting it. I'm riding around my side of town. Boxing gloves, I beat the trial. I had the coke, I had a smile, and I had the coke for every style. Don't say it's uh, the music video where um, he has like a big, big head and like little body. Uh, t- uh, two chains. Two chains. That's two chains, I'm pretty sure. Two chains. I'm going to give you a clue here. It's not Joy Division. It's not Joy Division. Whoa, what am I thinking? Um, let's hear that clue. One yeah, time. let's hear that again. I thought for sure. A classic mix-up. But is this? Uh, new order. Is it? Yeah, new order. Because <laughs> that asshole left the band, right? And then they had to do new. <laughs> well, <laughs> revisionist <laughs> history. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, that is new order. Yeah, new order. That is new order. Right. So if it's two chains, new order, faith. Hill. I, I'm unsure about Faith Hill. I don't know if that's the right answer, but I, it, only because I thought it was Joy. And Faith. Can we hear Let's try Clue Two one more time, and then then we gotta. Is the con- here is the connection that the lead singer was replaced in every band? 
I'm going to tell you what the last song is. Clue number four okay. is March March by The Chicks. Oh, they changed their name. These are all bands that morphed. Morphed. So maybe it's not Two Chains. These are the first single released by artists after a name change. Oh! Yeah, po- post name change. So, so the, that was like Two Chains' first single. The first song is Spend It. Do you guys know Two Chains' name before? He, no, he was, a, he was so. a, a, a well-known rapper by the name of Titty Boy <laughs> out of the Bay Area. Okay. <laughs> I think we talked about that on the podcast once. I like two chains. And then Ceremony was, there is like a bootleg version with Ian Curtis singing vocals, but that was the first single that New Order released after Man, uh, they right. stopped being Joy Division. I didn't realize how much they were trying to sound like Ian Curtis yeah, afterwards. Yeah, Bernard because Sumner. They definitely changed their style like vocally after that but man that sounds like he's like doing ian curtis cosplay yeah and then that's uh the chicks obviously they yeah. stop being the dixie, dixie chicks. chicks do you guys have any idea for track two who that is maybe listen to it one more time uh let's see yeah. bo- bonus points well it's it's like a yeah play it one more time and maybe i'll maybe i can get it but I think I have an idea for number two. Is that a single released under the name Alexander Nevermind? Uh, no, that is the, the artist formerly the artist known as Prince. Formerly known okay. as Prince. This oh. is uh, the first single released as the symbol. Yeah, oh, whoa. the yeah, love there we symbol. Go. I thought it was New Edition. <laughs> it sounds very similar. It's in the nineties. <laughs> Some of that later Prince music. I don't know. No, it's because you guys joy have, into the world. Or, you know, those crazy albums. <laughs> you guys have said uh, he did not. Prince did not escape the nineties unscathed. <laughs> yeah, it was a rough time for all of us. All right. Thank Anymore, you guys for oh, playing. That was great. That was great. thank you, Caleb. Man, we. Oof, maybe a little bit harder than I thought. But no, no, guys, no, no. that's good. We should have known. Game. We should have known. Game. Man, a little rusty, but yeah, <laughs> yeah we've had some time off. Uh, we're at track uh, track eleven. You guys want to jump back into five hundred days of summer? Let's do yes, it. Sir. Here's track eleven. This is Regina Spector once again with Hero. Power to the people. We don't want them. We want pleasure. And a TV shot of rapers, and I guess that they're succeeding. And we're going to these meetings. Okay, okay. Doing some of her own Foley work, which I appreciate. <laughs> yeah. Is that, is she like kind of doing some nod to Bob Dylan or something like that? I, do a lightsaber sound. I kind of always got like a Tori <laughs> okay. Amos, like a Fiona Apple, you know, gone wrong a little bit. But yeah, sure. yeah, quirky. It's not my pack. I will say this uh, song, we talked about Regina a little bit uh, previously, but uh, I think this song scores the best part of the movie. I think it's yeah. a really cool scene. It's the expectations versus reality. Oh, yeah. Um, the cut, a nice cut little screen scene. cinematic trick. Yeah. I, I had never seen that before, and I thought, like, to be able to focus on two things at once, but the timing of it was so perfect that, like, You'd be like, wait, what's happening? Oh, my gosh, that's happening. It's like, like you're watching a Michelle Gondry music video. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was done really well. So it's uh, Tom yeah. gets invited to the dinner party of his his ex. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
and it's is done really well in that you know the bad version it's just kind of like yeah it, you know you get it i've had that experience of getting maybe not to an ex but you're a girl that you're kind of like dating and you show up and you're like oh yeah like i don't know anybody here yeah you're busy talking to all these people that you care about more than me and you're the only person like, yeah I'm like this is kind of a fucking drag <laughs> oh, man. yeah that scene where he's just like squeezing the um I guess it kind of like uh, cuts aside. It's a really cool cut. It shows like a like a girder, and then that sort of like acts as the end of the screen, and then it moves, and he's just like there's like a gross like make your own cocktail bar thing. There's like gross like squeezing. <laughs> he's just like squeezing the hell out of a lime. It's like, all right, I switched to liquor, and uh, I guess it's time to get drunk. I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, I, th- I think while we were watching the movie, we heard a song by Spoon, which I don't think ended up on the oh, yeah, actual yeah. soundtrack. There is it's a kind Spoon of a bummer. Song, yeah, yeah well, Spoon this is, is awesome. a long soundtrack, Spoon. but there there is a few yeah. songs that didn't make they it. Could have swapped out the second Spectre for uh, for the Spoon. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I like this song a lot, and uh, and it's a great scene. It's a great scene. Well, and you couldn't put Spoon to this, I dude. Mean, you you this. It, <laughs> <laughs> this song does. Uh, both songs have to be on the soundtrack because yeah. they're prominently used. In, yeah, uh, that's yeah. fair. Um, you know, <laughs> what do you got against Regina, dude? <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> it's a little bit setting up. Like uh, the song is so mournful that as soon as the scene starts, you're like, "This is gonna not go well." <laughs> yeah, like, it's like you know, like boss music starts to play in a video game. And you're like, "Wait, what?" Like, I didn't know I was in trouble right now. Like, I'm about to fight. <laughs> it's like a dinner party, like Dark Souls. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I'm not crazy about the song, but the scene I thought was really effective. Yeah. And it's, uh, I think that this is like the true heel turn of the of Summer's character. And that a lot of the things can be misconstrued as like, well, you know, he thought one thing. She, and it's like, he's, you should totally come over, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I'm going to ignore you. And also you're going to realize from afar that I'm engaged. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't want to mention, I didn't even mention that I'm engaged and I'm engaged to somebody, uh, in what appears to be like less than six months or I'm, I'm getting married less than six months after we stopped like talking, which is like, you know, brutal. that's pretty brutal. In yeah. real world, real world shit. There's overlap. That's not, Oh, yeah, yeah. that never happens where you're like suddenly like ah you know this just isn't i just don't feel it and also uh next time you see me i'm engaged <laughs> yeah, yeah. oh man yeah I, w- I wish we got to meet summer's uh, uh fiance and then husband right do you think it was clark Gregg, the owner of the card company <laughs> yeah, that, oh man that would have been great it was uh yeah. that was the original ending but it didn't uh <laughs> test well <laughs> It's like, yeah, he's got this like very sweet charm to him. He's very successful. <laughs> he's kind. He's got the pipeline of girls from Michigan that sh- come on out on the train to work for him for a few months and disappear. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's dark. <laughs> Should we hear track 12? Yeah. Please. This is Simon and Garfunkel with bookends. Time it was and what a time it was, it was. A time of innocence, a time of confidences. Long ago it must be, I have a photograph. Preserve your memories, they're all that's left you. Yeah, this is one of the uh, two title tracks from the album Bookends, which is uh, you know, probably the best Simon and Garfunkel album. 
Yeah. And uh, an album that I think the the B-side is mostly unused, uh, or at least began as unused music for the Graduate soundtrack, mm-hmm. which is uh, the Graduate plays like a big role in this movie. Yeah, that he misinterprets the ending. And yeah, then... and that he's, he's a guy who... Uh, watch the graduate and thinks that it's a happy ending yeah. and uh they watch it together in movie theater and summer's crime yeah it's like uncontrollably so badly that she has to like go home after respect she's like why didn't she just rich like marry the rich boring guy in the wedding <laughs> why, <laughs> why, why yeah. did she have to get on the bus why was she so affected by it do you think and what is it what did it mean to the script i'm that's, that's what i'm wondering I was a little bit confused but i think it was that i think that she watched it and she was like i don't want to be the woman on the bus with this fucking depressed copywriter. Yeah. Uh, I remember her character in um, Almost Famous has a uh, copy of this uh, bookends album. Z- you know, Zoe Deschanel's character. Yeah. But she plays the older sister. Older sister. Yeah. She gifts bookends to uh, William. Yeah. And, and Chloe Grace Moretz plays the younger sister in this movie. And yeah. she does a great job. She's yeah, she like did. probably She's her good. first uh, prominent role and she had a great rise to fame. Well, it's funny. Movie. I feel like she was being typecast because she was like the foul mouthed kid in kick ass. Yeah, yeah. And in this one, she like. Hit uh, girl. She like is she's like the mom. down the law. Yeah, she's yeah. like, don't be a pussy, idiot. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah she knows better. Yeah, she starts off the film. You know, when she they're like, we didn't know who else to call. Also, the the best friends play a pretty big role in this movie too. Yeah, um, Christina Hendricks's husband. Yeah, he's in a show called uh, Physical right now, which I think oh. is great, and he plays a you, real. You keep telling bag. me to watch that show, <laughs> man. He plays a huge scumbag in that. It's really good. <laughs> everyone in that show is a scumbag, but he's really good. I know him mostly um, as the uh, the Snozberries kid from uh, Super Troopers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's. Uh, yeah. I'm freaking out, man. <laughs> At the very beginning, Snozberries tastes, tastes like, like Snozberries. Glittering hand, glittering. <laughs> And <laughs> uh, also uh, Matthew Gray Goobler, Gubbler is he Uncle is he Gumsy. on that uh, TV show that I hate Criminal Minds? Yeah, he's there's a huge fan base, so uh, don't come after us. I've seen that guy in real life. You guys might know him. You actually you probably know him as Simon from the Alvin and the Chipmunks movies. Is that what you're thinking of? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> he's Simon. Oh, he plays Simon, but uh, he's, he's pretty good. That's what. <laughs> I like that, you know, the friends are likable enough, even though they say a bunch of like sleazy stuff that I don't appreciate that doesn't yeah. age well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I'm just offended by the fact that none of them are the roommates. Yeah. Because it, uh, it paints an unrealistic world where some fucking kid <laughs> living in LA has that beautiful place and by I guess, himself. I guess Matthew, Greg Goobler, um, he must like live across the hall or something. Cause he storms into the apartment that one time or something. And it's like, it doesn't seem weird that he like just like barges in. Oh, so yeah. He's got to live in the building, I guess. But yeah, awesome apartment. <laughs> it seems under. like, okay, so it seems like uh, like Tom has lived in LA for a while. Maybe he's even up from LA. He's always talking about the buildings in LA. He has two friends. Mm-hmm. Summer like uh, is fresh off the train. She like came out here for some sort of uh, assistant job or I don't know. Yeah. And then uh, she has like that dinner party and there's like so many people there. She has so many friends. <laughs> she has yeah. so many friends well, and he doesn't know any of them. They dated for a while and she, and he doesn't know any of her friends. Yeah. He would have met everyone. She like, it's not like she had, I think that he's a side piece. I think that she was cheating on her fucking fiance with this dude the whole time. Oh, interesting. Yeah. 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 yeah I could see that. I don't know. 
maybe it's just bad screenwriting. <laughs> I like that theory. <laughs> Anything else on uh, Simon and Garfunkel? I remember I saw them uh, saw them live uh, in Houston, and like one of them took a didgeridoo solo. That wow. was pretty terrifying. Which one? Which one? Garfunkel. I think it was Had Garf- to be Garfunkel. Yeah. Garfunkel. Probably would have been Paul Simon because he's like so into world music world and did all the stuff with. Uh, well. Hard to remember. Yeah, I saw it in high school, and uh, maybe I was a little like uh, Stony Baloney. Well, probably Paul Simon. Sorry, Mom. Didgeridoo. I love him. I love Simon and Garfunkel. I remember when I was a kid, uh, I remember vividly going through one of my uncle's record collections and making fun of him to his face for having a Simon and Garfunkel record. Yeah. Because it was the 90s, but also because... (laughs) Did you say Sideman and Garfunkel? No, Simon and Garfunkel. (laughs) It's like (laughs) the name and like... It was the one where uh, Paul Simon has like a... He has like a... Little newsboy hat. Newsboy cap and a mustache and Garfunkel looks ridiculous. And I was like, are you kidding me? And I remember everybody kind of being on my side. (laughs) And it's a uh, it's a weird thing that I regret <laughs> to this day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. they're great. I like, told oh, man, yeah. I told my dad uh, I was like nothing good music wise came out in the seventies. And he was like, "What are you talking about?" I was like, you know anything, Dad? That's the, like, <laughs> the best decade for music. That's the best decade. The best decade. I was, for I was, I was yeah. young and foolish, and then. Uh, <laughs> And like I had totally forgot about it because I like said that in middle oh, school, man. and like he remembered decades later and was yeah. like, "Yeah, you remember you said that?" And I was like, "Oh yeah, I do." And he was like, "Pretty wrong, weren't you?" You should be like, "Well, you're wrong to be shaming your son." <laughs> yeah, you so got I guess, my side. Dad. So I guess we're even. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, Simon and Garfield are great. I, I love all the records. Man, I hope it was Garfunkel that played the didgeridoo. Cause <laughs> I'll see if I can just, find the clip. He's just showing off, playing every instrument ever there. And, and he's you like, know, get out of the way. Yeah. Garfunkel's hands are in his suspenders. <laughs> just like, I don't know what to do yeah, with my hands. Right. I can't wow, do wow, 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 wow. <laughs> Track uh, 13. Let's do it. Let's, Let's do it. it. This is Wolf Mother with Vagabond. This is uh, Wolf Mother. This was, I think, off of their debut album. Um, I listened to this record a lot when it came out. Another uh, Australian band. Another Australian mm-hmm. band. I maintain that they are Greta Van Fleet V1. Probably uh, <laughs> oh, a man. much, in my opinion, like a much more artistically, artistically interesting yeah, yeah. Greta Van Fleet. Mm-hmm. Um, I cringe thinking about what the third version is going to be. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> oh, God, yeah. who knows? Yeah, they took all the... Uh, you know, they were the pioneers and took all the arrows. It's, I mean, it's so strange birds. because like as a, <laughs> they were in so incredibly could fly. As a, <laughs> as a big Zeppelin fan, it's like you think that, you know, myself and like other Zeppelin fans would be like excited by a band that's like continuing on in that, uh, you know, that tradition or whatever. And it's the grossest thing. Oh, it's man. the it's actually the worst. Well, through that logic, it's like, well, I'm an NFL fan. I must love the XFL. <laughs> like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, I don't know. I don't know. Whenever I, I mean, I don't, I don't like to shame people, anybody for whatever music they like, unless it's some sort of like a white supremacist, like punk band. But, uh, 
Greta Van Fleet fans seem to fall into two categories for me. Either people who never really listened to Led Zeppelin and so it's like new to them, or people who listened to Led Zeppelin and didn't, didn't listen to anything after until now. Because it's a lot of like, oh, this is just like Zeppelin. That's awesome. And you're like, okay, well, is it? Yeah. Or people will be like, this is awesome. I've never heard anything like this before. You're like, well, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, I like, I like Wolf Mother. I don't listen to them much anymore. I think that they have another song on the soundtrack or in the movie that didn't make it on the soundtrack. Um, I don't know why there's so much uh, Australian music in this movie. Yeah. Maybe that's where they really filmed the whole thing. I don't know my architecture well enough. <laughs> <laughs> was it Sydney? Yeah, it was on Sydney. It's like, no, the, no, the it was classic like. Los Angeles opera house. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Wolf Mother had that great song, Woman, that I really loved yeah. uh, mm. back in high school and into college. Yeah, they're still that's making something. music, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's great. funny to me, like Australia... I feel like they always were kind of like having one or two bands. Like every decade, there would be like Men at Work, or there would be, you know, Wolf Mother. There would be, temp, you know, Temper. Temp, what is it? Temper Trap. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there, now there's this huge explosion of like indie psychedelic rock coming out. Where is Tame Impala and King Gizzard? Like these bands that are like huge now and great and interesting. And in uh, Australia, it's a continent. But it's not a big place. I feel like it must be amazing to be living there and be. I mean, hopefully you'd be able to. I know they're having a ton of lockdowns, but be able to like see these shows. And King Gizzard, they've fucking talk talk about uh, Hollow Notes. I think King Gizzard's put out like twenty albums or something. They're like constantly releasing albums. I can't even like keep up. I remember being real big into like they had a bunch of electro stuff um, in like the. 2008, 2009, 2010, like some awesome like electronic dance music was coming out of Australia. But uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but uh, Australia for music right now per capita is probably our most valuable continent. <laughs> yeah, Tame Impala, like you said. Yeah. yeah. This song was playing during the montage where Tom's getting his life back together. <laughs> oh, uh, sorry, cut copy as well. Oh yeah, 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 of course. Give them a course, shout cut out. Copy. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Chris. No, no. Um, yeah, just Tom. Just gotta, you know, get that architecture job, you know, make a list of all the firms he wants to work for and use his chalkboard in his massive, massive LA apartment. <laughs> I think that Look at these buildings I drew on this girl's hand. <laughs> There's like, uh, <laughs> that's in his packet. Yeah, it's in his, his portfolio. portfolio. Like, um, this is summer. There's, uh, <laughs> there's some truth to this kind of, uh, there's a thing that happens, especially I feel like when you're in your twenties or thirties, uh, after a breakup, you're motivated to try to like get your life back together yeah. and it's probably good for you, uh, in certain ways. Um, but it's completely fatuous in the way of how do you get an architecture job? Because I think that in conversation, it made it sound like he dropped out of architecture school. Yeah. So he doesn't actually have a degree and it's like a lot of architecture jobs are like doing the grunt work. Yeah. It's like, uh, you don't go in and be like, I had this like wacky idea for a building. Do you want to hire me? Yeah. It's like, no, we need somebody who knows how to like work with the engineers to be like, how, you know, oh, where, where does everything go in the support and everything? One it's of like, my friends in college who was an architecture major just had that shirt that just says architecture sucks because it's <laughs> yeah. like the most hellish, you know, college yeah, I mean, program. It's, I, yeah. It's like if you went to law school and then you're like, I think I might make a great judge. I mean, I dropped out of law school, but I really want to be a judge. So maybe I'll just go and see if they 
You know, it's like, here's some ideas for new laws that I came up with. I'm a judge. <laughs> Dude, I don't know. This movie, this movie's garbage. Dude, it's, it's more <laughs> pure garbage. It's more fodder for my theory that it's like, I can't be a struggling screenwriter because like he's yeah, approaching yeah. architecture the way like, you know, he's approaching like trying to sell a script. <laughs> it's like, I got this great idea for a building. Trust me. <laughs> right. Scene one, you open the door, you walk in, you see, you look up, you look there's up. an atrium. Buildings. <laughs> there's a solarium in the back. Yeah. The final act ends with the Oh man. <laughs> I feel like man. at one point you see him go to a job interview and he like checks his portfolio. He like leaves it with the security guard and goes up. So it's like it doesn't yeah. But you're not even taking your portfolio to the interview. <laughs> Don't eat it. It's all up here. You just have a bunch of like thin sandwiches in there oh, for man. later. There's crackers. There's crackers in there. Anyways, let's uh let's go to the next track. Yeah, let's hear the next track. This is track 14. This is Mum Ra with She's Got You High. She's got you high and you don't even know yet. She's got you high and you don't even know yet. The sun's in the sky, it's warming up your bare legs. And you can't deny you're looking for the sunset. She's got you high and you don't even know yet. She's got you high and you don't even Search for the time before it leaves without you Have you lost your mind or has she taken all of yours too? What's this about? I figured love would shine through Yeah, I don't know this song very well. It's very familiar to me, but I don't know the band. Um, yeah, it's like indie rock wallpaper. Yeah, <laughs> like a British band. I feel like... Uh, Singing with an accent. It's got That's all the nice. right elements, you know? Yeah. I think that the name must come... It's like the villain from Thundercats. Thundercats. Mumra. <laughs> oh, dude, I loved, I loved Thundercats, man. He's, Mumra was like clearly Skeletor, but it was yeah, like, yeah. Oh, make him like a mummy. Or <laughs> make him a mummy. Like, he can't be a skeleton. <laughs> the too nat- close. You, just, the, you know, the natural rival of all cats. Yeah, mummies. the mummy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they hate totally paper they have to like scratch on it some sort of egyptian thing where yeah. you have the, the cats and the mummies oh yeah 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 no that was probably intentional oh, we're probably giving him too much credit yeah now he would dangle those like tassels in front of the thunder cats and they would like <laughs> get on their back and paw it. yeah, yeah. Uh, the best thing about this band is their name i think it was uh, a good yeah, I mean, this this song is it's catchy. It's like very of that uh, time. It's funny when I hear when I hear a lot of songs from this period. It's uh, this period because this is around the time I like moved to New York, and it's a time that I don't think of as being that separate from today. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like oh, you know, I was like a uh, you know in my twenties or whatever. I guess you know, maybe that was a while ago. But well, like listening back on it, you're like, oh shit, this sounds really dated. Yeah, yeah, like uh, that was a different time. And like decades have gone by. This is definitely like, it, well, this is a, during the credit sequence. Uh-huh. Um, and I th- feel like a bunch of movies of this era had credit sequences with music like this. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So it's Tom, like a feel old yet kind of moment. Mm-hmm. Tom meant Autumn. Yeah. The new girl he meets is named Autumn. <laughs> oh, but also, Mum Ra put out a, uh, they got together in 2020 to record a new song, I guess. And the song's called Summer. Oh. So yeah, they, interesting. They still remember. Yeah. <laughs> they, yeah, they know. They know. They know. They remember it. They remember. Uh, yeah, I thought the like the name of even when I saw this movie in theaters, when I was like, "What's your name again?" Oh, Autumn. And it's like, do, 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 do. Yeah. it's like a, a total rug pull. And they're like, "Wait, wow! This whole movie's a pun, and this is like a, a coincidence." And like, man, 
my screenwriting <laughs> just uh, awful, awful, <laughs> awful. My well, screenwriting professor in college would have like screamed <laughs> 20, at that. Yeah, just twenty like, years yeah, yeah. from now, the whole like. Uh, you ever tell you the funny story about when I met your mom? Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, oh this story again. It's like, yeah, it was so funny because uh, the girl I was really in love with was named Summer, and as you know, your mom is named, and they're like, mom, no, no, her name's yeah, actually, Autumn. It's Autumn, yeah. It's like so. It was for me. It was very important <laughs> this coincidence that the person who I loved had a name that led to the your mother who i also love in a lot of ways well you remember my other nickname yeah. for her we is, don't live together anymore yeah. but i still love her silver metal my little silver <laughs> metal you know i'm just out there on my search for my winter <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my fall it's like a it's literally like a whomp, whomp, well, well, okay 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 to make a serious point about like uh, screenwriting is that the whole kind of the notion of this film is that it's a movie where it's a romantic comedy where it's like, it tells you at the front, it's like this, the main character thinks this movie's about them, that they're like living this romantic lifestyle. Yeah. But it, this movie's about like breaking their, their delu- you know, illusion that this is like some sort of special love story. Like pe- everybody is their own person. Relationships are complex. It doesn't always work out, blah, blah, blah. Right. But then at the end, by meeting somebody named Autumn, yeah. It's just reinforcing this like childish notion that the world is like this. Uh, it's a fate that he's trying to meet the perfect person to like solve all his problems. Yeah, and Zoe Deschanel tells him he's like, she's like, you're right. On the park bench, she was like, if I didn't happen to be reading Dorian Gray yeah. and he yeah. walked up to me, uh, I, if I went to the movies, I would have never met my current fiance. So you're right about destiny and fate. But <laughs> Zoe Deschanel's like, it's so it's so funny. You always believed in fate. And I never did, Tom, until I met my Jerry. Yeah. Who I'm now marrying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, but, but the interesting thing, so that park, <laughs> that park bench scene at the end yeah, where yeah. Zoe Deschanel is basically like, hey, like, let's like, bury the hatchet here and you need to move on and let me go. It's like um, even Joseph Gordon-Levitt, has, there's a fan theory that like, that's in his head. And it's a metaphor, like for it's him, like him reconciling with himself. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that, like, the fact that she's like, "You were right all along," is like more. I think that deepens that fan theory. And yeah, yeah. JGL is like, uh, no, that that's a made up scene. Like he believes it to be a um, in his head or in mm-hmm. his character's head. Mm-hmm. And it's it's idyllic and it's like a weird. It's like a different tone than some of the rest of the movie, and it yeah, does feel like, like a little dreamlike. out of character. Yeah, it yeah, does yeah. make it in a lot of ways. It makes her seem like more of a psychopath. <laughs> yeah, where it's like, hey, remember how I didn't tell you I was getting married? Well, I just came here to try to find you. Been waiting like for weeks, hoping <laughs> you return, <laughs> trying to find you so I can tell you I'm in love. <laughs> it's a monster. Didn't call you though. Just showed up at your favorite places. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Let's hear uh, track 15. Let's do it. This is Megan Smith with Here Comes Your Man. I know the nervous walking. I know the dirty beard. I, I hangs out by the box. The 
this is one of those covers that screams we couldn't license the original version. <laughs> yeah, we tried. But. This is a uh, Megan Smith, as far as I can tell, is a Canadian artist. Uh, most I'm sure that Hall and Oates song ate up a lot of the. You know, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Man. Sound yeah. budget. And then uh, yeah, the Temper Trap right. song that cost so much they used it twice. Um, <laughs> yeah, one. But uh, so price. They uh, made Megan it Smith twice. is like a Canadian artist who's known for uh, producing a lot of uh, Christmas music. Mm. And then, I don't know, she's doing a Pixies cover. Yeah, this is some yeah. bullshit twee target ad shit. Like, this is bad. Like, And yeah. it's a song about a drug dealer, by the way. Here Comes Your Man by the but Pixies. But you just add a tambourine and a ukulele, and it's, uh, you know. Here I should Comes say, Your Man. So this is the scene, or it harkens back to the scene. This isn't actually in the movie, right? No, but no. Uh, it harkens back to the scene when uh, Tom is singing karaoke, and this is the song that he plays. And I thought it was good. Great scene. I yeah. thought it was, it's something that they don't do right often where it's good enough it's bad enough to seem real yeah 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 and it's good enough to be like yeah he's like he's trying he's doing his thing and this is a good karaoke performance comes off well he's charming like and a, yeah. it's a cool unique song to sing i was like it makes me want to go like oh yeah i gotta sing that <laughs> i gotta go to uh <laughs> i gotta go to korean karaoke um but do you guys remember um that me using that in one of our Tinseltown tunes. I, I, I did notice that when we were watching. Yeah. I knew it was one of those. Yeah. Finding out that uh, Nick had never even seen the movie makes that game seem even more unfair. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way. Well, yeah. it's, a, it's a very popular film. Uh, and as yeah. always, Tinseltown tunes, every one of those movies are very popular and neither of you guys had ever seen it. <laughs> like, Stepbrothers? I haven't seen I kind of picture like conversations <laughs> that a director would have with a star because like uh, so many, especially... Uh, uh, like Levitt is a like I said he's a child actor he was in Third Rock from the Sun he's great forever uh, I assume that he prides himself on being a great singer dancer blah 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 he's like one of those types of guys yeah so I wonder if how many conversations they were like that was so great mm-hmm the cast loved it. Everybody loved it. I want to remind you that Tom is not a professional <laughs> singer, dancer, yeah. you know, so I want you to, okay, we're going to do it again. This time as Tom. Yeah. It's like, okay, again, that was so good. That's I love great, that song. Really I can tell good. you love that song too. Seriously though. I want you to do it in character. <laughs> it can't, you're not Joseph. You're Tom. <laughs> hey man, fucking actors. <laughs> and then I think we're going to, maybe with the next track, we might run into same of the same, same issues. <laughs> Oh, I should also, on an extended version of this soundtrack, uh, the version from the movie is on there. There's a track with Levitt singing it. Um, Train in Vain is the song he sings when he's like way drunker, which is, I think it's, that's a fun <laughs> one too. <laughs> that one you stand by me is Train in Vain. <laughs> you ready to pull into the uh, last track? I think so. so. I think I'm very ready. So we're almost to the finish line. Uh, yeah, track 16, She and Him. Please, please, please let me get what I want. Good times for a change. See, the luck I've had can make a good man turn back. So please, please, please let me, let me, let me. Yeah, so this is She and Him is uh, Zoe Deschanel and M. Ward. Mm-hmm. M. Ward being uh, kind of Portland indie uh, stalwart. One of those, 
there's a lot of interesting things that I think about of this collaboration in that uh, is definitely probably the most financially rewarding thing that M Ward has done and uh, probably overshadowed everything that he maybe is maybe more proud of. It's like, I don't know. I, that's a weird kind of calculus that yeah. uh, I, I mean, I believe people go into these collaborations, maybe, um, maybe not thinking of all the consequences, but uh, probably, you know, I assume that they liked working together, but uh, in my opinion, she and him kind of sucks. <laughs> I like M. Ward. <laughs> Are you saying this is a Alvin and the Chipmunks, David Cross situation? <laughs> <laughs> and that he made more money on the Alvin and the Chipmunks thing than no, anything ever, else in his ever made. Yeah, it's yeah. like, it's, it's, I don't know. I, I don't, I, I don't like to imagine, and I don't know enough about M. Ward to know he might even be married or something, but he has like this, uh, this collaboration of, of doing these like twee indie covers and songs with uh, a famous actress. Yeah. And then she marries Ben Gibbard, yeah. who is like uh, another version of M. Ward, <laughs> which is a little, yeah. <laughs> wait, he, no, he wrote this movie, didn't he? He wrote this movie? <laughs> it's just like a, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. And then he was also in Monsters of Folk, which is like a, a really fun like indie super group yeah. uh, with like Yim Yames and a lot of uh, a lot of people that we that we like and we talk about. But uh, I I would love a candid uh, conversation with M Ward and like just an oral history of she and him. Like just tell me about it. Yeah. What's it like? Yeah. But like really, what's it like? Like what's it really like? <laughs> what's it like? <laughs> it's is dude, it weird? It's got to be weird. Smart money, dude. <laughs> smart money. That's what I think. It's like smart money. I like that. Team up with somebody that's like good looking and already kind of famous, and then like you write everything or like write as much as you can and make it good, dude. It's it, it's a time tested uh, <laughs> way to <laughs> way to make a bunch of money. Uh, but sell your soul in the process. Yeah, Scarlett Johansson like has uh, you know some music she's put out over the years. Yeah. yeah, she did that album of Tom Waits covers. Yeah, that was reviewed. I mean, every yeah. actor wants to be a rock <laughs> was it, star. Is it good? I don't remember. Wasn't I don't it? think it's good or bad. I think it's it's, just, it, it, it exists. just is. <laughs> it just is. All right. We should do the opposite uh, and make movies with musicians. <laughs> Okay. Are you talking about? Isn't Hook? The hook is like all musicians, right? There's like Phil Collins, yeah, Phil Collins and Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> Jimmy Buffett. Jimmy Buffett's in Hook. Wait, yeah, no. David Crosby. Yeah, they're all in Hook. <laughs> I didn't know Jimmy Buffett was in Hook. <laughs> Blow my no mind. Way, dude. You talking about no Margaritaville way. and bringing nine, dude. Cheeseburger in Paradise <laughs> is in fucking Hook. Cheeseburger in Neverland, dude. Come on, man. Cheeseburger <laughs> in Neverland. <laughs> Guys, that is the soundtrack to 500 Days Woo! of Summer. Yeah, all right. Sweaty in here tonight. Yeah, steamy, steamy night. In all Brooklyn. right. So before we go, oh, we didn't. Okay. So out of uh, <laughs> out of 15 days of summer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 perfect, perfect. Zero to 15. Zero to 15, Zero to 15 days, days of summer. summer. Days of summer. <laughs> uh, Chris, you go first. How many days of summer do you give this soundtrack? And also, what is your least and most favorite track? Um. Let's see here. I would say my least favorite track on this. We'll start. We'll start backwards. Uh, is here comes your man. Um, sorry, Megan. Um, you seem like a nice person, um, but I do not appreciate uh, this cover. <laughs> and I love the Pixies version. That's one of my favorite songs. Um, it is a great song. It's a great song. It's great a great song. song. And like the fact that I always thought it was like a little dingy, like 
type song because it's about like hey, here comes your man yeah this guy right here that's the guy that's got your drugs is that a drug one because i think the, so the velvet underground song is uh is about drugs here comes the sun no no the uh waiting for my man oh, oh, oh. i think here comes your man is about drugs um okay. uh, listeners right in uh that's the stinkiest uh, <laughs> my favorite is you you make my dreams come true by hollow notes this was responsible for a resurgence in it, and I'm so glad. I You're love a true optimist, and I, I respect that about you. Yeah, I love that song. It's catchy. It's a. It's a. It used uh, to great effect in the movie. Um, it's uh, It's it's funny. It gets a, so close to like that freeze frame song. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it doesn't create because that's like the border between uh, something that can be redeemed and something that's irredeemable. Is the freeze frame? Is in between this song and freeze frame. <laughs> Okay, I like that. The freeze frame. It's, if it's out of the freeze frame. <laughs> That's the Rubicon the fr- in yeah. music. <laughs> I like that. Um, man, I love this soundtrack. Uh, this movie is, um, you know, uh, <laughs> it's interesting. Uh, I, I do not think it's aged well. I, I enjoyed it when I first saw it. Um, on rewatches, it uh, degrades uh, every time exponentially uh i don't know if exponentially <laughs> but it's definitely like it it you know like a vhs tape you keep playing like it erodes um <laughs> there's a it was way another obsession too, of yours yeah sorry <laughs> yes, i don't know where that came from in my brain um i gotta give this a really high rating i think this deserves a 14.5 days of summer. Wow, wow great wow, wow. soundtrack guys it's a lot i mean it's a short summer but still hey. a lot of summers all right nikki how do you feel about this favorite track is probably also you make my dreams it's gotta be That's what i'm talking yeah, about man <laughs> paul and oates the best yeah most successful musicians of all time follow, duo duo uh, followed uh, uh, by she and him i forgot to say simon and garfunkel <laughs> yeah. are on like the top five it's yeah. like uh carpenters simon and garfunkel yeah uh, Lee's favorite song, I'm going to say Hero by Regina Spector. We don't need Come the on, vocal foley Come effects. On. <laughs> and, um, yeah. Having just watched the movie today for the first time. Oh man. Terrible, terrible movie. Uh, pretty good soundtrack though some of the indie pop tracks on here i feel get a little bit wallpapery that's true and kind of are you know just filling the filling the mold but it's chronological it's chronological doesn't that count (laughs) no uh i'm gonna give this a 9.0 days of summer okay okay nine flat 9.0 thank you nick respect appreciate it what do you got for us caleb i i have to say that my least favorite track is the she and him cover of please 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 all right let me get what i want because uh (laughs) i think that it i think that it highlights the fact that the smiths like their aesthetic and their musicianship like elevate that song to it's so listenable and so great but when anybody else does it it's kind of like uh it shows all the cracks of like how it's like uh you know the concept behind it and yeah. like some of the your know, structure like is this song good like wait yeah, a minute yeah. does this song suck and it's it's an indulgent cover too yeah I feel. yeah and I it's uh, yeah anytime uh one of the stars of a film like like shoehorns one of their songs onto the soundtrack it's like uh it's got to be good and that wasn't good um for for symmetry's sake it would be funny if i picked the smith song as my favorite um, but I actually have to go with the other Smith song. Uh, there is a light that never goes out. I think is my favorite track. track yeah, of this yeah. Soundtrack. That's a, that's a classic song, man. P- 
pretty decent soundtrack. I love uh, a lot of like the, you know, the pieces from the late 2000s that I hadn't listened to in a long time. Uh, we got the First Lady of France on here, which is always such a such an honor. The movie is funny in that it's supposed to be kind of a, a contemporary reimagining, uh, dispelling old tropes, but uh, it it actually seems a lot more dated than than it is. Like it seems like it's maybe I would expect it to be you know ten years older than it actually is. As far as some of the, <laughs> maybe it just speaks to how much, how far we've come we've as like a culture years, when it comes to you know. Um, relational dynamics but uh i think it's that dude <laughs> it's, it's like crazy. literally like pre and post uh me too stuff yeah, <laughs> you yeah. Know what I mean? <laughs> workplaces people but anyways uh the soundtrack <laughs> itself i will give it a i'll give it 11 days of summer i like it quite a bit all right all right thank you chrissy yeah man yeah thank you darden uh before we go we do have to add a song to the track listing spotify playlist uh one of our favorite summer songs i can lead off if you guys like please my track it's actually i don't like to recommend songs by the same band more than once if i don't have to but i'm gonna make an exception this week it's a little bit of a half of that situation where um i think i recommended a song by the modern lovers before but this is it it is jonathan richmond and the modern lovers which is is one of those bands where it started as the modern lovers and then as uh jonathan richmond like slowly like you know, alienated himself from the rest of the band and like replaced people it became like jonathan richmond and the modern lovers and yeah. then jonathan richmond and it was kind of like back and forth a lot uh this is essentially just jonathan richmond and some people um it's from 1988 the song is called i love hot nights Well, I love those hot nights when a t-shirt feels right. You stay up later when everything's outside. I stay up later. Why say no? And I run through the crowd when everything says go. Oh, 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 oh. I love hot nights. Once I was yeah, so Jonathan Richmond is a man who has written a ton of songs about girls who don't like him and also a lot of songs about <laughs> summer. They're kind of like two of his obsessions. And uh, there are many good summer songs by Jonathan Richmond, but that's my favorite. Yeah, that's a great. You're a big Jonathan Richmond fan. Right? I, yeah, I am. I am. And this song, uh, it tickles me in that he's so earnest in his songwriting that when he explains what he likes about Hot Nights, yeah, it's like, it's it's very like, it's the things that you know it's like there's nothing poetic about it he's like i like the way hot nights feel and it's like yeah man me too (laughs) sweats i fucking love that feeling yeah man. (laughs) pretty on the nose yeah (laughs) it's a song that i love right on all right who wants to go next what do you got for us dardo i got a little song um this is uh from a soundtrack itself uh this is from the friday the 13th part six Jason Lives, soundtrack by our good friend uh, Alice Cooper. And this is a song he wrote. Good friend of the pod. Good friend of the pod, Alice Cooper. (laughs) Uh, This is a song called He's Back, parenthesis, The Man Behind the Mask. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's hear a little bit of that. Yo, it's your favorite.
That is some right. hard rock. Dude, that's that some is, classic rock and roll. Not toughest, since the days of Greta Van Fleet have wow, her guitars sore like that. Toughest guy around, Alice Cooper, man. Um, I, I heard that uh, a while ago. Uh, shout out to T-Nuck, uh, who put Hard Rock Summer uh, from the same album by Alice Cooper on his summer mix. Um, he's a, follow T-Nuck um, on Instagram. But um, I just thought the intro to that was just like, word for word describing what happens in a Jason movie on a summer night and you're with the girl and you're in a car but what's that sound like, it's like I could not I, I could write a better song uh, right here right now but uh, but yeah I just love like the you know summer camp uh, those hot sweaty summer nights when teens get murdered for being promiscuous <laughs> <laughs> you know you guys know what i'm talking about yeah i'm a big summer guy too yeah. uh, alice cooper check him out thank you Nikki, what do you have for us i've got a song called uh, love is in control parentheses finger on the trigger by donna summer oh donna <laughs> yeah let's hear a little bit of that Donna Summer. That song is from 1982, her uh, self-titled uh, album. And uh, you may like recognize some of the production style on that. That's a Quincy Jones production. Yeah, man. And uh, Rod Temperton also co-wrote that song. Rod Temperton, uh, who wrote Thriller and uh, some other songs on Thriller. Uh, love that track. One of my favorites. Donna Summer's awesome. Yeah, yeah. That's great. There's like uh, some of those sounds are very Nintendo sounds, yeah, yeah. which I love. And also, I will say that that sound uh, song sounds more like Prince than that uh, Prince oh, song man. I played earlier. <laughs> <laughs> Give me if I I'm a t- total sucker for plucky synths. Yeah, yeah, yeah man. So no, that's great. That's great. Great pick, Nikki. All right, yeah. Song of summer. Do we know what we're doing next episode? It's my pick. I don't know yet. Okay. I'll tease it on Instagram if anybody's like really raring to know. Uh, hopefully we have a new episode coming soon picked by me all right good pick darty yeah thank you guys good to see you guys been a little while yeah absolutely Uh, appreciate you guys uh and the continued listens uh we've had a busy summer so far but i think we're gonna get some more episodes in the bank yeah as long as they keep making movies we're gonna keep reviewing the soundtrack (laughs) (laughs) we love you guys thanks for listening stay safe and we'll see you next time Bye. bye bye